1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
2: Recent research from nonprofit organization March of Dimes reveals that access to maternity care is declining in the U.S., where almost 6 million women are reportedly living with no or limited access to care. That's in part due to a 4% drop in availability of hospital birthing units in the past year, as hospital administrators have been cutting unprofitable maternity services. Here to discuss the national movement for better maternal, reproductive, and birth outcomes for Black mothers, as well as the highlighting and promotion of creativity and Black excellence within the movement, we have today's guest, the co-founder and executive director of the Black Mamas Matter Alliance, Ms. Angela D. Ina. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Angela Ina, how are you doing today?
3: I'm fine. I'm fine.
2: Uh, I love it. I love it. And we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, it's a very important week. But around here, uh, we like to start our stories at the beginning. And so for those who are not familiar with you, tell a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and sort of what led you to your uh, career path.
3: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me Mm -hmm. here this morning. What led me to this work, um, which is definitely to amplify and center Black women's scholarship and leadership, um, especially in the area of public health and reproductive justice, Um, but what led me personally to it is more so my upbringing and background. I'm first-generation American, um, definitely come from... um, a lineage of birth workers, particularly from um, Nigeria. Uh, both my parents are Yoruba. And so, with that and growing up in um, a, Niger- a close knit Nigerian community here um, in the US, specifically in Atlanta, Georgia, I've actually been surrounded by a lot of um, women who have experienced all kinds of. Um, Everything from joyous occasions to um, very serious challenges around um, just their fertility and um, um, seeking out um, pregnancy and things of that nature. And so between that and just my educational background in public health and always wanting to do work, Um, in particular in um, reproductive justice and merging that with maternal and child health is really what led me to this work in particular. And so um, with working with a handful of grassroots organizations like Sister Love, Sister Song, um, and then also some other African immigrant um, refugee serving um, organizations here in Atlanta to Um, Ended up working at um, the state-level health department in North Carolina to um, working at CDC doing some um, Zika emergency response work. Um, All of those things culminated to my interest um, in doing this work. And and when the opportunity arose um, through a partnership with Center for Reproductive Rights and Sister Song back in 2015, um, they... uh, they, they uh, created a convening, a national convening um, in response to a lot of issues that were arising. And at the time it was called the Black Mamas Matter Project. And so um, being a participant of that and when that work started to um, materialize into a need to become like an entity, an organization that really um, stands at the national level and to uh, be a platform um, around Black maternal health that's actually led by Black women in particular, um, these are all the things that led me to the work here. Okay.
2: Now, um, for the uninitiated, you know, you mentioned some of the um, the dangers associated with motherhood for Black Americans. So let's talk about how that looks for those, again, who don't know. What are some of the challenges in this country uh, that Black women face when uh they become pregnant.
3: Yeah. So it's, I will say this, um, the challenges is very much deeply convoluted and unfortunately um, drenched in a um, historical, um, the historical aspects of enslavement in this country. And so when we think about what even started what is now considered gynecology and obstetrics Mm -hmm. as a, um, medical practice, um, actually started off, um, off of the bodies of black women. You know, we, we know about, um, you know, the, the stories and the situation with, um, uh, was it Dr. Marion Sims and, you know the ways in which he utilized black um, enslaved black women's bodies to do um experimentation on their bodies to learn just the reproductive anatomy but then also along with that um cuz it wasn't just him it was others as well um you know this was like back in the 1800s but along with that um he also utilizes utilize black women's labor um, as well in that process. And so um, and, and what we mean by black women's labor in particularly um, black women's maternity care work, which we know as midwifery, utilizing all of those techniques to really inform this practice of um, modern day gynecology and obstetrics. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into the 20, 20th century, around the um, late 1800s, 1900s, you saw a rise of pregnancy and the process of um, labor and delivery becoming more um, part of the process of, of really the what we call the metal, medical industrial process. So it went from being um, something that midwives practice that was practiced at the community level, practice in the home or lots of home births to then being shifted into um, hospital systems. Right. And then the influx of then policies that then um, were implemented to more so support the rise of um, medical physicians to actually do that work and then inadvertently start to eventually destroy and reduce the number of midwives and particularly Black midwives um, who were able to practice because In order to do the work of labor delivery and pregnancy, it started to become about licensure, credentialing, going through these tedious processes um, in order to become a licensed midwife or a licensed nurse, or you have to go through a medical process um, or or become a physician rather in order to practice what is like sacred and already traditional um in our own practice when it comes to birth work Mm -hmm. and so it's like all of those things coupled with the unfortunate um reduction of black midwives in our community then you know you get to the um like by the time you start to get to the uh 70s, 80s, you know, of course, the rise of the um, women's rights movement and the call for more protections around our reproductive health, reproductive choices, you know, um, women wanting more um, options around contraception. And then you get into the 80s and the 90s, and then it's like the rise of criminalization on Black communities. And this is where you start to hear. Um, the narrative of the welfare queen, and, you know, um this notion of uh, black women who unfortunately were experiencing substance abuse, um experiencing criminalization um during the labor delivery process and um the rise of, um, you know children being ripped away from their um from their mothers. And then further reduction. Um, From um, our government in terms of funding towards women's health, maternal health and infant health services programs um, and what we call social safety net wraparound programs and services, all of these things compounded together Mm. is what's is what has contributed to what we see now with the rising maternal mortality rates, rising infant mortality rates, and why it in particularly impacts um, Black women, Black birthing people in our communities the hardest. Because we know that our, unfortunately, our experiences in this country is definitely um rooted in intersectional oppression so it's the racism the sexism the classism all the isms right and when you have all of those things happening in the pot of course it's going to contribute to negative health outcomes um i'm gonna pause there because i know that was a lot but
2: no 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 absolutely you know um it's it's funny because uh during the pandemic, we had to speak with a lot of um, healthcare professionals, so they came on the show, and you know we had some interesting conversations. And um, you know, in peeling back those layers, I found out myself that a lot of myths that uh, persist in in the medical field, uh, in the healthcare industry, um, are mm-hmm. also rooted in slavery. They go all the way back. Um, People thinking that black people have thicker skin, people thinking that black people feel less pain, uh, people thinking that black people can take in more oxygen and then they have these like indexes to adjust for black people and all this sort of stuff that still exists. And it's in medical textbooks and so forth right now that is based in bogus science from when people were performing medical experiments to research how human beings behave under traumatic circumstances during slavery and so i could absolutely see the uh, legacy of those bogus experiments manifesting themselves in the statistics that we're seeing affecting um black uh birthing people nowadays because if uh i am I'm just imagining but if a woman says hey this this hurts more than it should and a, and a doctor saying okay well black people they they can tolerate a little bit more pain than you know blonde haired, blue-eyed white women you know what i mean so we won't you know, uh, we won't address that at present or wh- whatever. I'm not a medical professional, but I can see how, uh, apathy or, mm-hmm. um, ignorance mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call it ignorance. We'll be kind, um, can further that divide. And then of course, when you say the societal uh, components, compounding issues, you know, um, that apathy coupled with, you know, lack of funds, a lack of research, you know, criminalization and you know, traumas that are um experienced by black and brown bodies in this country um day to day you know i i could absolutely see it all manifesting in these disproportionate um healthcare outcomes with respect to uh uh maternity black maternity and so um i think it's that's that's a, a phenomenal response and it certainly um uh, jives with everything that i've learned in, in recent months and past couple years so um with that in and can mind, can I add to that? Please, yeah, yeah. Can
3: I add to that just yeah. to further flesh that out? Because you know, you you gave an example of how um, you know when we think about medical professionals and their um, and and the way that they've been educated mm-hmm. about um, different kind of folks, different kind of bodies, yeah. and you know, this is part of. Um, The challenge when we think about how our healthcare system in the United States is very much um, driven by capitalism, Mm. right? And the fact that even in the process of care, we've built a healthcare system that doesn't even allow our healthcare professionals, who a lot of times genuinely come into this work really wanting to make a difference, really wanting to provide care, but- once they actually get involved in the actual practice um, you know, they're limited. The, the time that they have to actually sit, listen, and actually provide care, and to take the time to be thoughtful, to ask further questions, to build rapport and build trust with the um, patient or client that they're working with. You know, this is these are the things that add to the the challenges of even the process of um, when we have black women and birthing people um, going through and navigating the healthcare system, you know, everything from depending on the type of insurance that you have, whether, whether or not the provider even accepts Medicaid, for example, mm-hmm. right. Um, some uh, black women will end up uh, uh Engaging with different providers in the process and, you know, would even um, sometimes some folks are lucky enough when they do find a physician that they do want to work with throughout their pregnancy journey. When we get to the labor and delivery, if that doctor is not on call or somebody else is on call, then they have to deliver with somebody else. And if that, and yes, like you said, and if that woman is in that in that moment complaining or saying, "I don't feel well," or is experiencing high blood pressure, bleeding unnecessarily um, through the labor and delivery process, uh, what we found that has contributed, unfortunately, to, to a lot of the more recent maternal deaths is because of those implicit bias, those beliefs that we're just. Um, you know, over complaining and, you know, we just need to calm down those type of beliefs yeah. or just legit not listening to what we're saying in, in, during that interaction between the physician and the patient, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so definitely in just even in thinking about narratives, and the and the power behind narratives and stereotype s- stereotypes, excuse me, and the ways in which that infiltrates the way we are treated, mm. you know, even though there will be clear evidence <laughs> in front of people that will describe otherwise, you know, but that those narr- those negative stereotypes and those beliefs, right, is what. Um, Permeates, unfortunately, the ways in which we are treated in the healthcare system. Yeah. Confounded with, and, and the other the other layer to this that I do want to highlight is that what's what also confound these things, and that also acts as a, a bit as an irony is that throughout all this time, though you know, Black women, um, Black folks in particular, we've always resisted. We've, um, even in the response to um, Jim Crow and then not having um, access, right, to um, quality clinical care or timely emergency care, what do we do? We started our own medical schools. Mm -hmm. We started to train our own nurses, our own physicians. We, um, You know, begin to again create our own organizations. Um, You know, even midwives. Even though a lot of our midwives that used to be in our communities, they their numbers dwindled. But definitely in the two thousands, they started to increase again. You know, and so when we do take on the responsibility of our own self determination to address a lot of these issues that impact our communities. Once again, we're impact we're we're um we're met with policies, negative policies that then restrict our ability to even care for ourselves and do the things yeah. that we want to do um in terms of like being able to seek care and seek the type of health care providers that um, are culturally congruent that do practice holistic care. You see what I'm saying? And so just wanting to add to that, that, you know, it's, it's a multitude of things that, um, again, unfortunately has contributed to our um, health outcomes in a negative way.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
0: We are here today with the co-founder and executive director of the Black Mamas Matter Alliance, Miss Angela D. Ina, learning more about her organization and their sixth annual Black Maternal Health Week, taking place from April 11th through the 17th, as well as discussing the national movement for better maternal, reproductive, and birth outcomes for Black Mamas.
2: You know, there's a, a, a point that you made that... Um, uh, Reminded me of a conversation that, that we had again on the show about a year ago where um, we were looking at uh, the fiscal implications of births. And on this show, we have a decidedly black perspective of things. And so um, what happens oftentimes, as you mentioned, you know, hospitals are extensions of the capitalistic model that we uh employee in this society and so um if your labor is going on a bit longer than the the hospital is comfortable with oftentimes they'll push you to have a c-section because it makes more money for the hospital and because it's quicker um, you, you don't have to lay in the bed for 24 38 hours in labor you can get the c-section and you know get you stitched up and you know on your way and um, black women are, from what I remember, uh, are pressed to take this action more frequently than white women. And if black women resist, they're pressured beyond that point to a degree that's more significant than white women are. In other words, if white women say, I don't want to do that, that's the end of the story. But if black women say, I don't want to do that, they're continue continually pressed. Um, and so uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you brought up an economic element to this. And obviously the result of it is that we have disproportionate mortality rates with uh, Black, um, uh, new new Black mothers um, or, or Black women, I should say, giving birth. It's I'm, I'm trying to get the language right here, but uh, Black birth givers, we'll say. So um, it's not all bad news, though. Um, I was reading an article. Uh, actually, a push notification came to my phone today, funnily enough. And I was like, you know, I should probably read this because I'm preparing for our conversation we're having now. So it comes from USA Today. And I saw that you were talking to Nada Hassanan and um, she kind of interviewed you about uh, some of the same stuff that we're talking about right now.
3: You know, we at Black Mamas Matter Alliance started um, Black Maternal Health Week as a public health campaign um, one, because uh, we started this back in 2018, mm-hmm. but what led us to it is that, one, um, prior to that, there wasn't even a just a general health awareness week or even month or day that was like widely recognized as a day to focus on um, maternal health in particular, let alone women's health. Well, there is a uh, May is women's health month, excuse me, but more so um, maternal health. Mm -hmm. And um, just given the fact that, you know, um you know now we we are very clear that um, maternal mortality rates has been rising in the united states in particular for the past 30 years um you know despite the fact so many other similar industrialized countries have seen a significant decrease in that same time period um and the fact that it's these maternal mortality rates is heavily burdened upon black women and birthing people but also um Latino and, and, um, indigenous folks as well. Um, we really wanted to combat a lot of the heavy and really dark statistical data that still made it seem like something was inherently wrong with being black. Mm. And, and then it became Black maternal mortality. And it was like, no, <laughs> no. Um, The The issue is that we have a maternal health care crisis in this country because the health care that we're receiving is abysmal. And, and by the way, even the health care that white women receive is not that good. Right. So. Um, what we felt like was more important was first and foremost to shift and change the narrative because already there's already so much negative stereotypes and and negative narratives around black women, black girls, black fems, black people, our communities, our children, my goodness. And so what we wanted to more so uplift is our joy, our culture, Um, Also, our resistance, our um, social justice and grassroots work, and more importantly, uplift the fact that we have we already have resources in our communities that are doing great work. and that is our black women led community-based organizations that are doing excellent work when it comes to birth justice, birth equity, reproductive justice, um, and of and, and also provide social safety net um, services. Um, in addition to clinical-based care at the community-based level. And why that is important is that we understand the fact that the way that we provide care, the way that we seek health care as a community, and granted, Blackness is not a monolith. It's very diverse and um, and multi-ethnic in and of itself, but my point is, you know, as Black people, as Black people across the, the diaspora, we are very much about the full wholeness of our lived experience in our lives. Okay. And so when we are seeking for care and health and wellness, we want that to complement um, our culture, our practices, our spiritual beliefs and things of that nature. And we are about, yes, again, holistic care and wanting to ensure that we can incorporate um, these practices in our day-to-day lives. And so, all of this is what contributed to us wanting to create the Black Maternal Health Week to, again, amplify the community-based work that's happening across the nation, ensure that people who've never heard of a doula, for example, and know that they can actually receive doula care and seek a doula to help them navigate this healthcare system and throughout their pregnancy, their postpartum, and and even support them in terms of home visiting. Um, we wanted to uplift the fact that, hey, midwives still exist, and midwives of all types, everything from your traditional midwife to your nurse midwife, um, certified midwives, and that there are a ton of Black midwives now. It's not enough of us, but there is quite a bit of us that do exist and that have started Birth centers again to showcase that we, as um, we as black women, as black women leaders, we are actively doing the work again to um meet the needs of our communities, and then finally, it was about uplifting the fact that we do this work and this work needs to have more investment, sure. that it's not okay that you know we have these awesome community-based initiatives and um, models of care that's rooted in Blackness and, and holistic practices that are not considered quote-unquote evidence-based. So therefore, they don't get the type of um, governmental investment, if you will, or philanthropic investment, the way that you know these mainstream maternal and reproductive health um, programs and organizations receive that still, for the most part, unfortunately, some of them are still rooted in racism, you know, and our people don't find that some of these mainstream um, offerings actually fully and completely meet their needs. And so that's why it was important for us to um, start this campaign back in 2018. And each year it has had a particular thing. Um, and so, with the fall of Roe v Wade, um last year, while we already knew as black women that Roe v Wade was just the ground floor, it didn't it's, it, it wasn't the end- all be-all to what um we truly need when it comes to our reproductive health care and services. But to see that it um still crumbled we knew that it was going to have a significant domino effect, not only only for women's health care in general, but also in maternal and infant um, care and services. And um, we just wanted to combat that and, and again, still get in front of that to promote that Black women have came up with frameworks and perspectives that are more expansive, that are not just centered on abortion access and contraception access only. We've been about the fullness of um, what we need. So our our reproductive justice framework, which was started by Black women in the 90s, um, it calls for our um, human right to bodily autonomy, First and foremost, the right to have children in the ways in which that we want to, whether we want to have children in the hospital, have a home birth or birth center, have birth attendance or whatever our options are. The right to have children in the way that we want Mm -hmm. the right to not have children. Right. The right to um, also the right to parent the children that we already have in safe and violence free communities you know it's all of that together um and so this campaign is meant to again promote that and really uplift those narratives that come from the love, joy, traditions of Black women and our love, not only for our people, for our children, for our communities, but most importantly, for ourselves. Um, we, have to see each, we have to see ourselves. We have to see each other and see that there are genuine resources out there that can um, come back and and even provide a safe space um, in the midst of the unfortunate backlash sure. that we're all experiencing now um, because of the, you know, racial racial awakening, if you will, that happened in 2020, you know. And so, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, listen, um, let's let's do this before we let you go. Um Let's talk one more time about how folks can tap in with you, your social media, website, email, whatever it is that you want, um, just so that folks who want to continue this conversation and continue to learn about this can do so.
3: Absolutely. So people should definitely go to our website, blackmamasmatter.org forward slash B-M-H-W. And of course, Black Mamas Matter is spelled B-L-A-C-K-M-A-M-A-S. (laughs) M-A-T-T-E-R.
2: I like that. All right. Well, I would like to thank you very much for coming on and sharing this uh, valuable information um, with all of us. And of course, I'd like to thank you for your commitment to the whole health uh, and the successful, informed, and inspired future of our Black mothers and our Black community. So once again, today's guest is co-founder and executive director of the Black Mamas Matter Alliance. Ms. Angela D. Einer. Thank you. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network, daily podcast.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York city, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 infinity QX 80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 PM Eastern only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new QX 80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.